Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs and we have an amazing episode lined up for you today. In this episode, I spoke to Damien Zabielski, one of the co-creators of MindMapper UK, a startup focusing on improving the mental health of young people. In his time, they have campaigned and worked to improve the mental health strategies of top organizations across government, uh, such as working with the Conservative and Labour Party, as well as working with universities to see how they can improve mental health services for their students. I loved the authenticity and openness from Damien, where he, his creation was built upon personal experience of his own mental health struggles. It was definitely you know, an amazing episode to, to record, and I learned so much from him, and I really hope you enjoy it too. Okay, that brings us to this week's shout-out. So every week, if you don't remember, I'm doing a shout-out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts as a way of saying thank you to you guys because I know the support's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So this week, the shout-out goes to Pravjoth Gill who says thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So she was a uh, guest on a couple episodes ago. Please be sure to leave uh you know to listen to that if you haven't already because it's a really good episode and she basically says i love all your podcasts and such an amazing host and a person to talk to uh when we were recording our episode and i wish you all the best in the future as well as with your sponsorship as well uh thank you so much prav for that for that really nice comment and um if you like prav want to feature in the next episode in the form of shout out please be sure to leave a, a review on apple Podcasts, a written one along with your name and i'll give you a shout out in the next episode Please be sure also to follow us on our Instagram page. That's where all the new episodes get announced, along with all the previews and all that good stuff. So yeah, be sure to follow us on there. Uh, leave, leave me a DM if you like. I'll reply to them. <laughs> so yeah, without further ado, let's get on the episode. Hey, Damien. How's it going? Hey, Sina. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. How are you getting on? Mate, I'm very well. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Um, very excited that you've joined the podcasting family because you've discovered us through Instagram. And you messaged me as well. The podcast is growing. Mm. Had to slide in them DMs real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's very good. Um, so why don't you like just tell people like who you are? Why did you message me? Uh, why did you slide to my DMs basically? Sure, 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 sure. So my name is Damien Zabielski. Nice to meet everyone. I'm super delighted to be on the podcast. Um Officially, you know, professionally, my um, uh, I am the chief product officer at a company called My Mind Matters Two, which is a, a mental health innovation hub for young adults. Um, yeah, I'm also one of those people that you call entrepreneurs, um, building a social enterprise within a local council. Um, I've been, you know, working with young people for years now, um, despite you know not being too old myself. Um, but I slid into your DMs because I saw your um, I saw your feed after one of the recent one of your recent episodes with uh, someone that I know from the F Factor last year, and I thought, right, this podcast on Instagram uh, looks really really cool. The branding's cool. I love some of the conversations that I've been hearing already. Um, you know what? Let me just jump on and and see if we can have a have a conversation. I could get to know you a little bit. Hopefully, I could share my yeah. my story that could that could help someone out. Well, you're always welcome, and and shout out to Lydia Lydia as well. <clears throat> she was the episode. Um, can't remember off the top of my head which episode number that is. I think it's six, but definitely check out that episode. It's a very good one. Um, bit of self promotion there. But anyways, 
um why don't you explain like what is my mind matters too like how did the idea come about and like yeah like tell us like what is what even is it sure so my mind matters too uh it's a mouthful first and foremost yeah (laughs) (laughs) is there an abbreviation oh um me and me and my co-founder we usually just call it mmmt um yeah it's quick because it was it was quite a mouthful um as a kind of as a way of show business and as a way of of seeing the americans dragons then we also did come out with a way like a hand gesture when you're when you're coming up with my mind matters too um and we also learned how to do it in sign language which is really cool when we were taken to the stage during pitching competitions um but my mind matters too is an innovation hub for um mental health for young people in the uk um, and the way it started off um, is back in 2018, my co-founder, Meg Zina Wamifi, big shout out to her, um, with a group of students from KCL, so King's College London University in London. Um, they were part of the think tank in King's. And King's has one of the most um, well-renowned think tanks in all of Europe, maybe all of the world. It's a big think tank that produces quite a lot of research and gets a lot of funding every year. And Meg was the, I think she was like the co-president or the vice president. And every year they get to pick a topic that they want to research for the next year. And in the year that Meg uh, was vice president, which was 20, I think it was either 2017 or 2018. She ended up choosing mental health because during that year, there was over 2,000 young people that ended up committing suicide. Um, students, specifically. Yeah. And Meg herself, she had... Um, she yeah, had it's, a, a, it's an awful problem. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. And, and it's only getting worse, my yeah. friend. Like Bristol, yeah. Bristol Uni as well, the uni that I went to is, is like a, notorious for it as well. It's awful. Right. And it's a shame because you've got, you know, you've... Uh, a lot of universities they do have some mental health spaces in um, in place, but it's just the, yeah. like, the accessibility, and and a lot of students don't actually know about it. So it's a bit like, well, you've got all of these nice things, but if no one knows about it, how, how am I supposed to know? You know, and you're you're paying nine grand a year yeah. to have like basic support and basic education, and the 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 education is, well, I'm someone that dropped out of uni, um, so I don't don't take my word on that. I didn't find the education side appealing. And in the support side, well, it's a bit non-existent. Yeah, like, I, I was quite lucky. I didn't have to ac- access the mental health support as as much as, say, like, a few of my friends did. But when they did have to, or when they were going through that those stages, um, they always found the, the process really troublesome. They found it really difficult. I don't know if that's, like, unique to Bristol University or unique to just university as a whole. But yeah, Bristol just is famous for not, you know, like having a lot of suicides, which is really sad. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's a shame. Yeah. So how, like, how does how does my mind matters too? Like, how you said innovation hub. Like, what does that actually mean? And like, how does that kind of help? Like, is it just students that you target, or is it everyone? Yeah. Good question. Um, so I guess I'll walk you. I'll walk you through the story of kind of how, how we, how we got into it. Cause maybe it could help someone to understand like how much a company could change in a short amount of time. 
Um, yeah. So my mom has two originally started off um, in that think tank, and we first started off very much as a campaign. There was no ideas of becoming a cons- of a company, no ideas of a brand or a business. We started off as a campaign to raise awareness around mental health, hopefully raise some investment for the mental health space uh, because of this huge epidemic that was mental health itself. And we realized that, you know, young people specifically, we have, we face the most pressure ab- amongst all the other generations. Yeah. You know, we, um, you know, uh, the financial uh, market specifically, um, you know, we have, we, we've got student debt on our heads. Like as soon as we leave university, there's like 40K that we're in debt, um, you know, depending on where you're staying. Um, at the same time, house prices are, are inflating. We don't have a lot of money passed down to us from ge- from previous generations. So finances are, are struggling. Social media, that's a huge pressure in itself, being able to see other people who are um, yeah, living sure. their best lives every single day. Yeah, and you're yeah. seeing that and that, you know, you, you, you've got that um, persona of, oh, maybe I'm not good enough to be this or that or oh look this person's hair is so pretty every day um and then you've got all mm, of the other yeah. outside world cyber bullying bullying you know um uh you know racial disc- di- di- discrimination depending on where you're from um you know mm. uh, gender discrimination depending on what sex you are um yeah so there's so much things that we're kind of pressured with and then all of this you know pressure to 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 be perfect all the time like we, yeah. we go through quite a lot of things. Um, yeah, so we decided that um, it's young people specifically that we want to target. It's that 16 to 25-year-old demographic. And the reason being is because that that age demographic has some of the most vital transitions in our lives that we're ever going to go through. Within 16 to yeah, 25, mate, couldn't agree more. you're going to go through school to college to university to employment mm, yeah that's that's some big choices that you have to make as a person yeah and they impact you for the rest of your life like and people realize that as well people realize that that they do have an impact on the rest of your life and that's why you know those decisions and that time of your life that transition period that you're talking about is so stressful and you know ang- anxious and that's you know mental health becomes really critical there yeah yeah because how, how did um, so, you know, you, you're, are you at university right now? Nah, so I've, I've finished, but <clears throat> like within the last year, so like, like fairly recently, but yeah, the, the thoughts that like, I'm in that sort of age demographic that you're talking about and I'm guessing, actually not, I'm guessing, I know that like <laughs> most of the audience that are listening right now, they're also in that age demographic. Mm. And so I, yeah, I, I know. And that's why I thought it would be so cool to get you on because mental health is so important and it's so topical at the moment, especially in lockdown when people yeah. are are very much being challenged, especially around Instagram. That's something that really challenges people, yeah. uh, especially in lockdown when they're on their phones more than, say, before. And like they get photos from people who are i don't know are they on holiday i don't know but either way their life is you know they're comparing their lives right now to people's lives that might have been you know before lockdown 
might be right now, I don't know, but they're very much elevated and it's very fake as well. That's what I don't like. It's very like, and and you're comparing yourself to something that just isn't, it doesn't exist. It's unrealistic. And that's when mental health just, it just suffers. Yeah. 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 hundred percent agree. Um, so we very much, you know, paid attention to that 16 de- to 25 year old demographic specifically for those reasons. And we campaigned and tried to raise a voice and tried to wa- raise awareness around the, the facts and figures, but also around the stories. Um, part, of the, yeah. part of the work that we always do is, is trying to give a platform um, and actually amplifying the voices of young people who are going through some stuff um, and, and trying to bring them into the conversation. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we started off as a campaign and within months, like something that we, what we were doing was working because I kid you not universities, corporate companies, um, like charities, they were approaching us to actually tell them how to go about solving some of these mental health issues for young people. Really? To the point where, yeah, I mean, we, we, we got to work with, um, uh, the conservative party, the labor party, the all party parliamentary group. Um, you know, we were, at the meeting um, with the with the inception of the Every Mind Matters campaign, which you might have heard of. Um, yeah, of huge, course. Huge company, huge in, initiative that came out from the government. Um, funny where they got the name from. No, 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 no hairs and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, where, what were you doing? Like, what were you actually doing before that to catch, you know, the attention of, the Conservative Party, the Labour Party, all these organisations that wanted to work with you. What were you doing? You must, you must have been doing something, you know, phenomenally right to get the attention of these guys. Mm. Well, that's the thing. There isn't much innovation actually happening in the mental health space, and it hasn't been for some time. Like you, you, you do have a lot of, um, you know, charities and and startups trying to solve the mental health space, but no one, you know, there isn't much youth voices. Um, and, and there is so much power if you're um, someone that represents your own demographic, right? If you're a young person representing young people, if you're a black person representing black people, if you're a you know mm, member of the yeah. LGBTQ community speaking out for the LGBTQ community. Um, and, you know, Meg was very much um, that voice for young people where she you know, she very much handles all of the business development stuff. Like she is a fantastic networker. Um, got a book coming out on networking next, next year, just a quick plug. But, um, Hmm. she, she is an absolute star when it comes to networking because she knows what a lot of these corporate companies want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how she does it. Sorry to interrupt. Did it start out as like a campaign? I'm just trying to understand a bit more. Did it start out as literally just a campaign to raise to raise some money, and then people just wanted to work with you? Yes, yes. So it started off very much as a campaign, and it was, um, yeah, it was to help kind of um, educate young people around mental health. It was to help um, universities, you know, provide some of like, like you said with Brewster University. Uh, before the um, before um, earlier on in the conversation was that you have Bristol University. They may have, uh, they probably have some mental health services, but you just don't know about them, right? It, it takes 
quite a bit of time for you to figure out, does my university have any sort of support system for my mental health in case anything goes wrong? Yes or no? Most of the time, it's a maybe, and you have to go and really dig deep to try and find out whether your university has anything to support you. Um, And so there were universities like King's College London, like... um, I can't remember what the name is, but the university in um, in Scotland, uh, the main one there, uh, Liverpool, Cambridge. St. Andrews. There you go. St. Andrews University, um, Durham University, that reached out to us, asking us, you know, we've, we, we've got quite a big problem with mental health at our university. Could you guys help us out? Um, could you come in and just consult? And by consult, a lot yeah. of... A lot of organizations, a lot of universities, young people, if you're listening, if you're listening to this and any organization asks you to come in for a meeting um, to get some of your insights and stuff, most of the times organizations end up using young people because we don't know how to price our value. Um, so we went into as many different organizations as we could at the start to basically provide that value, provide a voice for young people. And Meg was really, really good at um, innovation. So she came up with all sorts of programs and all sorts of ways to engage young people um, at the universities, but also to just provide a light and an easier access to some of the services that these universities had in place already. Yeah, yeah, she was just really good at the whole kind of making uh, mental health accessible and easy to, to, to get into. So what kind of what kind of things were you were you guys doing at these universities? Like what sort of practices were you saying, yeah, you you guys should do this? A lot of it was first and foremost, it's something called an audit. Um and as a as a consultant, you kind of go through three different processes. First is an audit, then it's a design, then it's a delivery, and there's normally a fourth um fourth stage um which is evaluating your impact. Um, on the project that you've come about and the audit which is always the first thing is just trying to understand some of the data points and some of the struggles that the universities have had and some universities may have had a problem with um, they've had enough um, they, they had these these services in place but they didn't know how to get it out there some universities didn't have any services at all um, some universities you know had a great um, uh, had a great number of services, and they knew how to uh, you know make it accessible to young people. But they wanted that co-creation element of designing more services with young people. Um, so what we did, and I guess to give you some examples of some of the stuff that we've been up to, is we got to work with King's College of London to design an actual mental health strategy, a five-year plan that looked at how King's College London could make mental health a bit more accessible. Um, We started off a festival that happens every year at King's for the last like two years, um, which is a one day, um, sorry, a one week event during mental health week um, that happens at five different campuses across King's College London, where you could just literally come down, chill, you know, find out about some of the mental health services that happen in um, at the university, um, last year, they even had um, a space where you could come down and play with Legos, draw, and even have a have a fun play around with some puppies. Yeah. The thing is, right, I actually think 
I think Bristol University did that puppy thing. But like I've worked at quite a few different organizations and companies, right? And I've like mental health is something that companies actively say that they're interested in, that they they care about. But say I'm not gonna name names, but I, I worked at a company, right? <laughs> and uh it was mental health week. And they were like, yeah, for Mental Health Week, we want to support your mental health. We want to show you that we care about your mental health. So uh, to show you that we care about your mental health, we're giving out free juices to everyone. And I was just <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, this, how is that going to help anyone? <laughs> and like their, their feedback from their, from their like employees, like, um, like anonymous feedback from their employees was like, you guys don't care about our mental health. So I think this was their way of showing that they care with innocent smoothies. That's literally it. And I was like, this is mental. Yeah. This is actually crazy. Like, how do they think that this actually substitutes for mental health care? I don't understand that. Yeah, it's a struggle. I mean, a lot of, look, I mean, what you find is a, a lot of companies and a lot of universities is that you've got a lot of, sorry to say, you just have a lot of old people that don't really know much about engaging young people. Um, and instead of asking yeah. young people, what is it that you actually want? They come up with ideas themselves without actually testing it out. That's the sad, sad truth. Um, mm, yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of come across companies where um, I hate, I personally hate going into conversations about things like equality, things like, um, you know, your rights, things like engaging young people with companies because normally it's just conversations and conversations are fine if there is a if there is um, a, a spur to action afterwards but with a lot of companies yeah. that i've had experiences with we've had a conversation and two years down the line you want to have another conversation about the thing we spoke about two years ago that's not how it works my friend yeah it needs to be like an ongoing thing they actually need to give a shit that's the thing they actually need to care um but I, yeah that's the thing and I think I think more and more companies are actually genuinely caring. I think their their heads are being turned to the problem, and to be able to you know recruit the top talent now, uh, I think they do need to actually care about that because it is something that people look for. Um, yeah. So where like I'm really interested as to you guys now, like so you talked about your history, you talked about your past. Where are you guys right now? And yeah, how do you see it kind of growing? Good question, my friend. So we transitioned away from the campaigning. Last year we did, instead of campaigning, because we got we got quite bored of campaigning, um, and we just said, look, we really want to now educate and work with young people directly. We ended up working with young people directly, and we um, we ran workshops, we done speaking engagements, we designed programs and delivered programs to young people, helping them learn more about mental health, um, you know, in the last two years alone, we got to impact about 40,000 young people all across the UK. Um, That's amazing. But moving into this, this kind of last like eight months, um, we really wanted to grow and we saw room to grow, not as a campaign, but as a company. Uh, both myself and Meg were really passionate about um, mental health because we both have experiences with our mental health and we've both struggled as kids and we kind of just we thought right we're very blessed because we have a voice and we're not afraid to to, to use it like let's just try yeah. and give that voice to other people 
And hey, if we can make money out of this, this is great because we're doing something that we love. Um, mm. so over yeah. the last like we over the last twelve months, we've shifted away from becoming a being a, a campaign into a fully fledged company. So we are now a registered company. Um, and what we tried to do was actually try and get a bit more insight into what is it that young people are struggling with specifically. Um, and as, a, as an innovation hub that we are in at the moment, the, the first thing of any innovation is understanding. It's going out and doing the research. It's going out and asking those questions. It's going out and getting that data, getting that insight. And that's what we really try to do is like we, we launched a report called the Mind Up Report back in, um, back in January of this year. And um, we really wanted to understand what is about mental health that young people struggle with the most. And so we set out on a quest to ask young people. This report specifically is just about London. So we, yeah. we went out to ask young people in London between the ages of 16 and 25, what is it about, young, what is it about mental health that you struggle with specifically? Um, and how, how can society help you solve this? And some of the data that we what? found is absolutely incredible. Um, we ended up getting, we, we end up getting um, survey results from over a thousand young people. Um, and yeah, I mean, some of the stats in here, like, um, you know, out of a thousand people, only 8% would go to the NHS or professional help to get mental health support. Only 8%. Right? Yeah, I mean, that is crazy low, but at the same time, I do believe it. And it's really sad that I, that that's, yeah, I do believe that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we're, we're funding a lot of these, um, you know, the NHS is constantly pushing out a lot of services, but from, from, from the insight that we've had is like young people have said accessing professional help, it's scary, it's confusing, it's complicated, I don't know how to do it, and I don't want to do it. And actually, um, so, some, of the, some of the stats that you come across, like you probably heard that there is one in four young people or one in four people in general that end up having mental health problems. That stat is actually... Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit under, underestimated because you're looking at mental health problems specifically. But mental health as a whole idea is, is something that isn't touched upon very often. Um, and just to break it down for you so that everyone can understand what I mean by mental health. Um, yeah, what do you mean by that? If I ask you, Sina, how do you feel right now? What would you say? I feel One word. happy. I feel educated. Okay. Uh, happy. Sweet. So there at, you go. This, that's your mental health. Moment, yeah. Yeah. That's your mental health. I it's feel not quite... always. It's not always like that, <laughs> but at the moment, that's how it is. Yeah. I feel quite inspired. I feel quite excited. Now there, there is a there was a re report that came out in 2017 by two guys, Stevenson and Farmer. They were tasked by um, the former. Uh, the former prime minister, um, who at the time was Theresa May, to do a report about mental health, and what they found out that you know the the if you type in Stevenson and Farmer report, you're going to come across this like 70 page document 
you really just need to read like the first 10 pages. It's very easy to read, so much insight in there. But one of the frameworks that they put into place to help people understand about mental health is this. Every single individual will go through a period in their lives where they feel really, really happy, where they feel excited, where you know everything just seems to fall into place, like you are on cloud nine. Every single yeah. individual will also um, feel absolutely shit to the point where you know you might have just lost a job, um, your girlfriend or boyfriend might have just dumped you, um, someone in your family might have just passed away, and you just generally feel sad, you feel worn out, you feel tired. Every single individual will feel happy and will feel, you know, will have an up and will have a down, down, and that's life, right? Yeah. Um. So that's every single individual. There is a there is a small percentage of us that from that stage two of having a down, we will go into stage three, which is um, we're having a problem, and this problem has now been reoccurring for a couple weeks a couple months and we don't really know what to do about it and we're actually quite sad about this like this is a problem and we don't really know how to solve the problem um and there's a small minority of us that that initial problem that we've had like our boyfriend or girlfriend might dumping us or we got let go from a job and we haven't been able to find one in months has now recurred into potentially affecting our confidence affecting our mood um, or anything kind of in between uh, but it's been going on for like a couple it's been going on for some time now and then you've got the fourth stage and the fourth stage is when it gets really 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 bad to the point where this thing that has now been going on for like the last couple weeks couple months has now occurred to okay this is impacting me so much so that i can't do anything else like i'm really thinking of committing suicide I'm really thinking of just ending it all because I just can't deal with it. I need help. I don't know where to turn to. I don't know who to turn to. Please help me. And that's the state four stages that that um, most people go through. We will always go through an up and a down. Some people will go through that third stage of um, I have a problem. I'm still kind of in a place where I could go and solve it, but I just don't know how. I just need some support. And then that stage four where I have a problem. I don't know how to solve it. I need the help. I'm not, I'm, I'm too afraid to actually ask out for help. That's the kind of life cycle of, of your mental health. Um, and most people yeah, see yeah. mental health as an, as an illness, as a problem. And yes, there are mental illnesses, but it's only about 15 to 20% of our population actually have m- mental illnesses. Most of us have a mental health. Like we, f- we feel good. We feel bad. We feel excited. We feel happy or, or glad or whatever the case is. And that's what most people don't understand. How do you how do you stop it going from how do you stop it going from like one to two to three and like God forbid to four? How do you stop that? As part of the the, the I don't have all the answers. So I'm not going to tell you I have all the answers because I don't. Um, one of the things that I use specifically is just being self aware, and what I mean by that is sometimes just taking a step back um, and journaling or speaking to someone that you, you you have trust with, or, I mean, even just jumping on a podcast with yourself, just to talk to yourself, um, <laughs> to just listen about what what have you been going through recently? Like, yeah. um, okay, I've been feeling quite bad, but what has been going on recently? Well, I moved houses, I um, 
Um, someone dumped me. I lost my job. Okay, so I'm feeling quite bad because of those things. Right, that makes sense. I, I, I have a right to feel bad um, because a lot has been changing. A lot of things have been, have been moving on. Um, but a lot of us, because we're in a... Well, first of all, if you live in London, you're always on the go. And second, <laughs> if, if you're you know, under the age of like 35, you're, you're constantly plugged into your smartphone. So you're constantly on the go. We don't, we, we very rarely unplug. And that's a very dangerous thing because if we don't unplug, then we don't have the time to process and digest all of the information that's actually going on um, around us, inside of us, in our heads, in our minds, in our hearts, um, to the point where, you know, we, we could end up missing some vital information about ourselves that could result in that stage two, stage three, stage four maneuvers. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. I haven't really thought about that before. So how, like, you said you're a, you, you want to be like a, a a company, a for-profit company, for-profit company, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, how does that all work? Like, how, how do you reckon you'll get there? That's a very good question. There's, um, there's, there's a few things that we're exploring at the moment. After we released the, the, after we released the report and, um, and ended up getting all of that insight, and after having like hundreds of conversations over the last like two years, we found out that actually um, the biggest challenge that young people end up facing with mental health and accessing mental health is the access issue, is accessibility, is making it easy to, 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 to get support um, because the space is so complicated. So we came up with a really, really cool way um, of making mental health slightly more accessible in a platform that we call MindMapper. And MindMapper is your one-stop place where young people can get connected to mental health support in a way that suits you. We try to make it quick. We try to make it easy. And we try to personalize the whole experience to yourself. Um, we're going to be releasing the platform on July the 20th. So literally in like 11 days. That was super, super pumped about. Um, by, the to- and- by the time this is out, that- it might already been released. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Check it out if it if 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 it has like if if this has come out afterwards, then yeah, check it out. Sick. Um, but for us, because both me and Meg have had problems with our mental health, we um, we really wanted to find like a solution for us, for ourselves. And so we over the last like two years, we've kind of been like mad scientists trying to find this cure for our own um, problem, for our own challenge. And with MindMapper. Um, what, what, coming back to your question of, of business models and stuff, we're going to be exploring a number of things in the future. Um, one of them is charging companies themselves. We've already had a number of companies approach us um, kind of wanting to, to, to support and pledging support. Um, so we're going to be exploring a kind of like a membership fee with companies. Um, they get good corporate social responsibility, so CSR, by supporting an organization that's, that's impacting, you know, thousands of young people. And, you know, we get the funds or the, or the manpower to be able to deliver that support to young, to young people, um, hopefully internationally. Um, another thing that we're, we're looking to explore um, is potentially going into kind of like a, like a marketplace, um, being able to, to, to bring, you know, uh, all sorts of like specialists um, into this space 
and yeah, I mean potentially on a commission based um commission based model. Um, but there is also the third option of like potentially charging um young people themselves for accessing some of the more premium features that we might have. Um, mm, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff that we're we're exploring. Nothing is set in stone. Um, it's really just going to be about what the market um, and what our customers end up deciding. Damien's talked about how the amazing work of his company, along with how it's evolved over the years, but I really wanted to know more about how it began for him and, and what motivates him to tackle these huge worldwide issues of, of mental health amongst young people, opening up about how it has come from personal experience. Well, my friend, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I lived it, you know, I, I, I live it every single day. Um, I had a really traumatic experience when I was like eight, um, eight, nine years old on a school trip, um, that, yeah, I mean, at, at, at first I thought it was very much, um, a problem around traveling because I was on a school trip and I, we were traveling very far. We were, um, if you remember back in year five, year six, you might have learned about King Henry VIII. Um, yeah. So we were traveling to his castle for like a school trip. And I, I just had like a really bad experience on on the bus um, where I basically just felt car sick. But all the other kids like basically took the piss out of me um, for, 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 you know, being sick on a bus. And it left yeah. such an impression on me um, that I kind of associated... All, all, all of that, all of that pressure and, and, and mockery um, into not wanting to, to get onto any buses and coaches. Um, and it kind of progressed from not being able to go on buses and coaches to not being able to avoiding traveling completely, any long distance traveling, you know, completely avoiding. Um, but again, as you kind of grow older, older, you kind of mature and you have to step up to some, some responsibilities you know, both uh, my, my family and I, we love to travel, um, which you can imagine the complications with that. Um, but the more we kind of traveled and the more I kind of started coming out of my comfort zone, the more I started learning a bit more about myself. Um, I did I did miss out on almost every single school trip um, through primary and secondary school. Um, but as I kind of went into college and I, I ended up pursuing a sport pathway, um, I got, you know, year 11 was a very stressful year for every single one of us. Um, I was always that kid that did, uh, a lot of things. So I took on extracurricular activities and my year 11 was just manic as in something to do every single day. And because of all of that pressure, um, as I was transitioning from school to joining a football academy, um, to kind of looking after my family and taking on family responsibilities, one session, well, like one day, I ended up cracking under pressure, and I just had a massive full-blown panic attack. Um, and at first, like I didn't really think much of it because I was in a restaurant, and so I was like, "Well, what the hell's going on?" Um, so I came back home, had a week off to to rest, and then I went a week later to um, uh, this was preseason at um, at the football academy I was, I was playing at, and um, yeah, I, it kind of. We, we got through half of the training. It was great. And then I, then the panic attack just started out, out of nowhere. 
And I was like, well, what the hell's going on? This, this is something that's clearly wrong. Like, I've never been in this situation before. Um, my mom had to come and pick me up from, from training. Uh, we went straight to the hospital. Hospital said, you're going to be fine. Take some painkillers for a week and you're going to be okay. And those painkillers turned that week of, week of me supposed to be staying at home turned into six months of depression, not wanting to leave my house at all. Um, and to kind of cut the long, long story short, um, I went six months into depression and then I had to kind of start from scratch. I had no confidence in myself. I couldn't leave my house for six months. So the first step I had to do was like, get out of my house. And as I started challenging myself and pushing myself out of my comfort zone, which wasn't easy, right? It, the first step is always the hardest step you're ever going to take. Um, I had to kind of, uh, I got to learn a lot about myself by isolating myself away from the world and actually getting into my head and understanding what, like, what's going on in my brain. Um, I, both, you know, my, my mom, who is a real warrior, she literally took me to the GP and said, look, my son needs mental health support. There's something going on, going on. He needs some extra support. I ended up seeing the first psychologist, the second psychologist, a counselor, and then by the fourth psychologist, that was the psychologist I ended up helping out and realized this kid has a problem with traveling. Instead of sitting him down in an office and asking him, hey, how are you feeling? Let me take him out to travel and ask him how is he feeling while we're actually exposing him to the thing he's afraid of. It's mad how like, it originates from like you as a child being on a bus. Like It can be traced all the way back to you on a bus um as a child and i find that really fascinating because so i feel like so many you know mental health issues and, and problems with people that you know they don't understand where it's come from a lot of them might originate from you know an experience that they have have had as a child or the experiences that they've had growing up yeah if you uh, if you look on us if you look on statistics about that um I think it's either 75 or 80% of mental health problems end up starting before the age of 15. And they fully kind of get into it by the time you turn 21. So yeah, you're, yeah, I mean, the, the, the brain is, a, is an absolutely amazing thing. It's, a, it's an amazing piece of uh, equipment. It's amazing, you know, it is your best friend and it is your worst enemy. Um, and the more time you, you get to spend away from social media and with yourself actually journaling some of your thoughts and recording some of your thoughts and behaviors and patterns um and one of one of the things that you end up learning in cognitive behavioral therapy or cbt which is one of the most well-known um kind of treatments that you're going to go through in therapy is yeah things usually start off with the thought the thought then triggers a feeling the feeling triggers an action as an example mm. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to fail my exam. So I feel very anxious. So I'm not going to go and take this exam or I'm afraid I'm going to take this exam. I feel very anxious. So I'm going to work 24 seven to ace this exam as an example. Mm, yeah. Um, and that's the kind of, you know, the more times you, you spend by yourself and, and actually understanding 
more about how your brain and how your behavior and how your character works, the easier it can get for you when you're coming across difficult situations because you know your coping mechanisms. And if they're positive, great, keep them. If they're negative, and actually when, um, when you get stressful, you start eating. And if you start eating, then you end up lose, you know, gaining weight. And if you end up gaining weight, it starts putting a negative pressure on your mind because you can see yourself gaining weight and you don't feel very good about yourself. You can recognize a negative mm. pattern of the first point being that you're, you're stressed out because of something going on. You can start changing your behavior patterns. Instead of going for that, um, for that food, you can go for a run. Instead of um, actually abusing and, and you know, verbally assaulting other people because you feel bad about yourself, you might actually just want to have that conversation with your loved one to tell them, I'm not actually angry at you, I'm angry at myself because I understood myself enough to journal my thoughts and understand that the main hatred and the main you know, negative symptoms that I feel about the world is actually targeting at myself. I've actually, I've actually been through uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, and for me, it really, it really helped me. And something that I, so you kind of like touched on it. Something that I learned not through cognitive behavioral therapy actually, but actually from a lecture series that I did on happiness. It was from a Harvard lecturer, and he said a really good and easy way to stop yourself from, you know, you said, I. I I'm going to take an exam. I'm anxious about that exam because I'm going to fail. That's what, you know, it's, it's through that thought process. He said, if you don't use the word I and you use your name instead, so put yourself into third person mm. and keep repeating that, that really helps because it's kind of like you're not looking at yourself. You're looking at yourself as an outsider. So the problem doesn't look as big. And that really actually resonated with me. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was class. I thought that was really good. So I, I'm, consci- I'm conscious of like time because um, I really want to talk about one last thing uh, about about the tech side of the platform because you're not a techie. Uh, so how like how did you end up as the head of product when you don't, you know, you're not as techie as people might think you are? <laughs> Yeah, um, so I, I got blessed with um, with something called um, uh, fake it till you make it mentality. Learn as you go mentality, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I've always just been really good at just figuring it, things out. Um, and before jumping into My My Maths 2, I ran a company called Skillboost, uh, which was an education company that tried to... Um, help people figure out their learning styles and actually help them to learn in a way that suited them. And again, this is the same thing that I'm, I'm working with uh, my, my matters too. And the mind mapper platform that we're releasing. Um, it's, you, you know, the, 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 the first thing that you need to realize um, if you live in the 21st century is that there are so many different ways to test ideas. There are so many ways to test products. Um, the first and foremost is just to figure out what is your idea, right? What is it that you have in your head and map out everything that you have in your head? Great. So I have the business ideas about shoes. What type of shoe do you want to create? How would the shoe look like? You know, is it going to be a high class shoe or is it going to be something for like your everyday Joe? Um, what type of prices do you want to set out? 
um, you know, and, and who do you think would buy it? One of the first things that you could do to test out your ideas is, um, is literally just go and ask someone that you think would potentially buy the, um, buy the product. Now, going into the, the, going into the tech discussion, yes, I'm not a tech person. I have had a few hours of um, HTML and CSS um, experience at Code Academy. Big shout out to Code Academy. Um, but I've always been able to kind of figure out things, how to do things. And there are something called SaaS products, S-A-A-S products. Google it. And these are products that basically allow you to build stuff on the go without needing no code, without needing no tech experience. And there is actually a really big movement called the no code movement, um, where it's actually promoting not knowing anything about tech, but being able to build tech products. Um, as an example, most of you, if you've been on YouTube or if you've been anywhere, you have heard of something called Wix. Wix.com, Squarespace, MailChimp, um, and a number of other platforms where you can literally go on to the platform and in a drag and drop menu, you can create a website in a course of a few hours. Usually it takes about a day to create a, a decent looking website. But if you get used to it, I mean, now I, I build websites in about two, three hours. Um, yeah, you can basically make it look like you're a tech person and you could do all of this heavy lifting with, with coding and stuff simply by jumping onto a website like Wix, dragging a few elements that you want to add, like a social bar, like some pictures, adding in a few words, adding in your contact details, and making it look like a website. You can do the same thing for apps, and you can do the same thing for, look, I mean, even with this podcast, 20 years ago, you would need to have high-functioning equipment. Cena is a genius because he ended up finding something called Zencaster. And Zencaster, Zencaster allows you to, to do a podcast and actually make it look very, very professional in a very easy way. Yeah, so that's how I uh, basically became the head of product uh, by just having this mentality of trying to figure things out as I go and then surrounding myself with mentors who knew a bit more than I did, who kind of pointed me to these products that allow you to make your life slightly simpler and make you look like a tech person without actually having any tech experience. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Is there sort of like one, because I know a lot of people listening won't be tech-minded people, as in won't be techies, but they have a lot of ideas around that sort of space. So what sort of like advice, if there's like one or two bits of advice you'd give them, like what would you say? I wouldn't, I don't think I would really say advice. Like, again, if you're in the tech space and you're creating products, like you really just need to figure things out as you go. Um, but I could give you some platforms that my mentors have given me and that I've been using that have been just been life-changing. Um, Wix and Squarespace for designing websites. Uh, Marvell for building wireframes if you want to build any sorts of apps. Um, and Canva for designing um, everything from like logos to Instagram and YouTube banners uh, to everything else that you could design on, on Canva specifically. Um, and the two other platforms that I've got is Zapier. Um, Zapier basically allows you to automate a lot of processes. So for example, if you uh, have created a website and you want to create a form and you want that form every time a user completes the form, 
you want to know about the form and you also want to send an email over to this user that has now completed your form um, saying, thank you, we've just received your form submission, you can do that whole automation on Zapier. Um, and the only other one is, is MailChimp um, because, well, MailChimp and I think SurveyMonkey, although I never use SurveyMonkey um, myself, but MailChimp specifically because you could literally create a, a, a database of um, subscribers and you could also send them email campaigns literally in the course of a couple cent, um, couple clicks of a button, you could send an email campaign to like 500, 1,000, or how many people you have in your yeah. database. Um, yeah, that, yeah, just some really quick platforms that are super, super Yeah, I, I use a couple of those platforms and they are pretty sick. So yeah, I recommend them as well. Just lastly, how can people, mm. you know, stay in touch with you, stay in touch with uh, your business going forward? I know when this comes out, your, your, you know, your, it might be launched your business. So yeah, check that out if it, if it is, but how can people stay in touch in the meantime? Sure. So Damien Zabielski on, um, on LinkedIn, a bit of Damesy. That's my kind of like nickname that I've had from young Instagram, Twitter, um, and anywhere else you could find me. Um, and medium, I recently started posting a lot of like my thoughts about, you know, innovating the mental health space, communities, entrepreneurship and all that good stuff. Um, with My Mind Matters 2, we've now switched, by the time this comes out, we would have now switched all of our social presences to MindMapper UK, available on Instagram, LinkedIn, online, um, in your local H, H&M stores for 99 <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the platform is completely free. All right, great. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you. And it's something that I think was long overdue talking about mental health on the platform uh, to really like normalize it. Um, because, yeah, I, I feel like it needs to be spoken about. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on the platform and giving me a voice. I really appreciate it. That's kind of what you do on this platform is like you give people a voice. Uh, you should be really proud of that exactly that's what i'm aiming to do so yeah thank you so much again thank you ciao ciao thank you so much for listening to this episode of the millennial entrepreneur my name has been cena it was an amazing discussion that i had with damien today and i really think this sort of conversation has been long overdue and i think that yeah we need to be a lot more open about our mental health and he is someone who's really making you know real change and i can't commend him enough for it so be sure to follow him and and keep in contact with him because yeah he really is a top guy if you haven't already be sure to follow us on our instagram page that's where all the new episodes get announced and where all our new guests get announced uh it's really been popping off recently so be sure to to follow it because if not you'll be missing out and don't forget to leave a written review if you want to feature in the next episode as a shout out from me uh leave a written review and i'll give you a shout out so again thanks for listening and i'll see you in the next episode